Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Rhea Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And today's guests are Gila Yang and Camilla Pierotti, the founders of Sail de Janeiro. Welcome, Gila. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And hi, Camilla. How are you? Hi, Priya. I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. So since we have two guests this week, I would love for you guys to both share with us and our listeners what you both do at Sol de Janeiro. Sure, I can start. I'm Gila. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Sol de Janeiro. Um, and uh, I oversee the company. Uh, my background is marketing, global skincare marketing. Um, and uh, we also have one other uh, partner, co-founder, Mark, who is not able to join us today. Um, and uh, Camilla is our other partner. Camilla, and what do you kind of, what's your purview, Camilla? So my role has evolved over the years. I started out, well, we all started out doing everything. And then um, I had focused more on the product development and product marketing. And now I still have a hand in that to make sure that the positioning is authentic to the Brazilian beauty secrets. But now I also spread the message even more through more PR events, interviews, and I just love spreading our message. So when you guys go back, I mean, Sol de Janeiro is only about four years old, which you would think is much more of an older company. I feel like we see your packaging everywhere and you guys do a great job with your marketing. But what was the impetus for launching the brand and what was this idea of Brazilian beauty secrets? Um, I can start there and then Camilla can add some color. Um, And Priya, you're absolutely right that we feel like we've been around forever and we feel incredibly blessed that we do see it everywhere. Um, I mean, there are three of us, as we mentioned earlier, and we're all from very different backgrounds. Um, You know, I'm from New York. I moved to Brazil with my husband. My son was born in Sao Paulo. Uh, Mark, our other co-founder, is from New York as well, but lived in Brazil over 10 years. And Camilla's from Rio, but lived a lot of part of her life in New York. So we all have very different backgrounds, but we share this incredible passion for spreading the positivity and the inclusivity of the Brazilian beauty culture. And that is what was addictive and really seductive when I was living there and was like inspirational. So, I mean, if you go to the beaches of Brazil, um, they're all shapes, all sizes, all colors, they're all so comfortable in their own skin, and there's really little judgment, if any. And there's so much love and joy people have for their body, hair, and skin that it's really irresistible. And you know they, what they do on the beach is very different from what you see here in the U.S. They play with their body. I mean, they, they thoroughly enjoy like taking care of themselves, rubbing oils and lotions on their body, and putting rich creams in their hair, and lightening their body hair and on and on. And so like when everyone around you is simply enjoying who they are on the beach, you start to do the same. They you know, really just accept all of who they are, including their flaws. So what they do is they accept you as you are. I mean, it's the most liberating and seductive feeling. And so that was my personal experience. I know that was Mark's experience and and Camilla can say the same. And it is this with this mission of spreading the message of positivity and inclusivity with a twist of playfulness that Sol de Janeiro launched the summer of 2015. So that was really our goal. Goal was to bring Brazilian body joy to the world. Um, and so, I mean, Camilla, if 
I mean, Camila's from Rio, so she can talk about what she's done, her personally. Yeah, and and I love when Hila and Mark tell their story because my version of the story is the other direction. I moved from Rio and I came here with my teeny bikini and everyone was looking at me and they're like, why is your bikini so small? And I had no issue wearing it. And, you know, I, I know we're not seeing each other in person right now, but I, it's not like I have the world's most perfect body, but I always <laughs> felt very confident and very happy in my own skin. It didn't matter what size my bikini was. So it's that um, difference that the three of us capture is that there is something about that starts in the beach culture of Rio that beauty is not any sort of universal standard to achieve. It is a feeling of feeling comfortable in your own skin and feeling happy in your own skin. And as Hila said, Brazilians love taking care of their bodies. So of course they're going to show it off because they take good care of themselves. Um, and that is the message that we want to want to get out there. And it, it's, it's all about having that joy and caring for yourself. How do you say, how would you say that's different than say maybe some of the more prescriptive beauty standards that you've seen here in the US and obviously in Europe? It seems to be up until this point, and especially four years ago, there much there must have been a lot of brands telling you how to look, telling you how to feel, and saying what was beautiful. Do you think that's why Sol de Janeiro has resonated so much with customers today? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Um... There's um you know, there's a prescriptiveness of um the old world of beauty where there's certain ways um that you have to look. And this is I think fairly global. I mean Asia, Europe, um, and in the States as well. And so and I think that's precisely why five years ago we all felt like there was an opportunity and a gap uh in the beauty world where we could bring so much more positivity, which really comes from your own sense of self and you define your own beauty. And if beauty really is based on your feeling and the confidence, then that's really up to you. Now, that doesn't mean for us to say, well, you can use any product or however. We actually are very religious about using a number of products, how to use them, when to use them. We, I mean, Camilla can go on and on of like for hours on this topic. Like you do this first and then yes. that first. And then, the, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's very, um, uh, it's thorough, but every part is very joyful. So I think that's what's resonating with a lot of consumers today. And, you know, it's something that was really authentic to us. And I think we feel, you know, we're very blessed that the world seems to be moving towards that direction overall, Um, not just beauty, but in every way, like health and wellness and fashion. So, um, Camilla, do you want to add anything to that? Um, I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not, Brazilians are very vain and we also love being vain. It's considered a positive trait to be vain because it means that you're, you're taking care of yourself. But what's not there is saying, like, these are my wrinkles, this is that. It's more about like, oh my gosh, here's my skin. I want my skin to be amazing. I want my feet to be soft and touchable. So it's just, 
that there's a, just a different perspective on how Brazilians approach it. And it's about taking care of yourself and not fixing it. And, and then obviously there are parts you love or don't love about your body, but it's about flaunting what you do love. That's even how we came up with our slogan. The love it, flaunt it, you've got it. Our very first um, slogan is to just love it and take care of it and flaunt it. When you guys launched about four years ago, you know, the body category here in the U.S. was very separate than from the beauty category. You know, personal care was one thing. Beauty was considered color cosmetics and skincare. That's blurred considerably in the last four years. So I know you have a great relationship with Sephora. How did you kind of push them to help develop this category and other retailers to do the same? That's a really good question, Priya. It's um, it's a wonderful trend that we're seeing with body. And of course, it's terrific for us. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm very proud that we have led this trend in the premium beauty space five years ago and you know, four or five years ago. And I mean, I think if we had made a decision based on the size of the premium body care category back then, we probably wouldn't have launched this brand because it was almost non-existent. Um, so I think, um, you know, we were really um, organic and authentic about how we started it. And we started with the brand and the mission and the message. And then we decided which category to go into. Um, so when we met with Sephora, there was an instant chemistry and bond about how special a brand is. And they saw um, it wasn't just body, but they saw how special and potential what this brand can can bring to um, to their business. And you know, as you know, Priya, um, you know, to retailers, incremental business is always welcome. Um, and we were almost one hundred percent incremental to their business. Um, I do have a funny story when we met with another retailer prior to Sephora, and they said, you know, we. we we don't know what to do with you guys. I mean, you have a beautiful brand. The color is gorgeous and smells wonderful. And, you know, you and Camilla are, are nice and lovely and smart. And, but you have a butt cream and a foot cream and a body hair lightener. Like, I just don't know what to do with these three products. Like, where do we even merchandise you? And, and uh, you know, we had a laugh about that. And, uh, and then she said, you know, I think Sephora might be really into you guys. And she was right. So it was uh, one of those meetings that was supposed to be like an hour-long breakfast meeting that turned into a four-hour breakfast that led to lunch. Uh, and we they sent us uh, a contract the same day, end of the day. So and this this is five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's that easy. He left <laughs> lunch at Sephora. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Again, like we feel incredibly blessed. I think. Um, you know, they saw how special the brand is, despite the fact that we're so small and uh, the uniqueness of the products. And again, there was nothing to cannibalize from their perspective. What would you say now? You know, I feel like the body category is really growing at Sephora. I mean, obviously, there's brands like Necessaire who are newer there. And then, you know, industry-wide, you know, Augustina Spader is getting into body creams and body oils. And it really seems to be a trend right now. So what are you saying about the, or seeing about the increased competition in the space? I see that as something so beautiful and positive. Um, we want everybody to spend more time loving their body. 
and just as much as they do with their face. Um, it's not just about neck up. It's from head to toe. You know, how you feel is really head to toe. What you put on your face and body is just as, has to be just as good for you, not just your face. So you can put on your face many products that are clean and uh, free of harmful ingredients. But if you don't take care of the rest of your body, which is going to, which is more than 90% of your skin, um, then you're sort of defeating the purpose of using natural products. Um, well, natural meaning what I mean by, you know, I guess today's term is really clean more so than natural. Um, so the, the passion around taking care of your body is what we're all about. So I'm, I'm thrilled that more and more companies are entering the space and offering consumers a wide range of choice. Um, you know, our number one focus is our consumer. So they should have choice. Um, and I think as the category becomes bigger, we, of course, will benefit from that and hopefully um, other brands as well that are really delivering what consumers are looking for. What was the rationale behind fragrance for you guys who you just launched that right around when COVID was hitting here in the States and for a body brand that could be seen as a departure or could be seen as a parallel endeavor? Yeah. Yeah, that that was a question that we internally we went back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it was an incredibly strategic uh, decision for a long time to come, because as soon as we launched the brand, the number one feedback from our consumers was, wow, this fragrance is amazing. And can we get this in EDP format? Um, and we waited for a while. You know, we offered um, a body mist, which is a light version of EDP. But we really waited and uh, worked on a beautiful bottle uh, and sort of what, you know, what was the reason for um, the need for this fragrance. And so we were all very, you know, ready to launch in March. And, uh, and then COVID happened. Um, and it wasn't just this launch, but it was, I mean, it really shook up everything. You know, I mean, our whole world really changed. And in a way, it forced us to step back and ask ourselves, okay, why? Why now? You know, why do we launch this fragrance? Or why even a bigger question, like why do we even continue to work, to push, to grow this brand um, in during this pandemic? And so in a lot of soul searching um, and... Uh, you know, one thing that was very clear to me during pandemic, and it is still today, is this world of highly like uncertain um, environment. There are a lot of uncertainties. Like we just don't know about a lot of things. And having a consistency was providing a lot of sense of comfort and safety for not for not just our customers, but our staff as well. So that's when we really realized that we need to continue to bring uh, to our consumers, uh, small pieces of luxury that they can look forward to, that they can um, get their hands on. And so um, our consumers were responding even before we launched the fragrance on social media that like, oh, we look forward to your post. Oh, we look forward to, we, you know, this is, this was the best part of, you know, 2020, 2020 year um, pandemic. And so all this positive feedback really encouraged us to keep going. So we weren't going to stop. Uh, we did pivot a lot, Priya. 
you know, we, we pivoted a lot um, in terms of the launch plan, for sure. Will you guys describe a little bit how you have pivoted? Because obviously you have this incredible relationship with Sephora, but now e-com is the name of the game. So, you know, with this launch specifically and overall how you're creating brand awareness, conversion, repeat customers all online without maybe some of the experiential tactics that you had previously leaned on. Um, yeah, sure. And I mean, Camilla was probably spending like 75% of her time going to these events and personally touching consumers and editors and influencers. Yeah. And I mean, all of that overnight had to be canceled. Um, you know, we canceled yeah. our LA event, right, Camilla? Um, yeah, I flew there and then flew right back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, like boom, boom, workout classes. And um, yeah, so we canceled a bunch of events. And uh, so we, we pivoted towards um, connecting with consumers more online, community, getting samples out to um, through uh, partnerships. Uh, so we didn't reduce our budget, but we really pivoted. And we did it very quickly. Um, and I mean, the result was actually quite phenomenal because we became number two um, SKU in sales for totalsephora.com at launch. Um, so that, uh, and to this day, it's one of our top five SKUs. So, you know, we're, we're glad that we're able to launch it. And there are a lot of learnings too. And, and again, like I feel really blessed because before COVID, we were already digitally very strong in terms of teams and operations. And so when we pivoted very quickly, we're able to um, just connect in a strong way. So now our digital um, business is, I mean, it's triple of what it was last year. And our DTC business is almost half of our total business. I mean, it was always a big part of our business, um, but now it's becoming almost half. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been quite a ride and we, you know, we continue to look at our, our sales every week and we just are marveling at how consumers are just pouring their love for our brand. Yeah. And, and just to add to the, the pivoting, you know, we always talk about being very close to each other and very affectionate. And then all of a sudden the world changed and everyone felt very isolated and the our conversation is still very relevant because, again, going back to that joy of taking care of yourself, um, you know, we pivoted our conversation to give the consumers what they want. Okay, you can't travel, but here's this beautiful fragrance that makes people think um, or remind them of an amazing summer vacation and spend more time in the bathroom taking care of yourself. So, so you know, we gave people just a different perspective of what we already talk about, just shifting it to that that self-care and that time to yourself. Camila, I'm wondering, you know, in terms of the experiential piece, and I know if I'm remembering correctly, you guys were going to do like JetBlue ads when, when you were first uh, launching the fragrance and really leaning into this travel idea and bringing this Brazilian vibe with you wherever you go. When you think about like, you know, pool parties are largely canceled or hopefully they're canceled yes. <laughs> or, you know, beach vacations or exotic 
far-flung trips, that's all put on pause. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the playful nature of the brand, how do you bring that to life when you don't get to do all that? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. And it's something that we talk about a lot. And it's, it was definitely a pivot from that social getting out there, being out and about to moving more towards the bathroom, spending time in your bathrooms, you know, scrubbing your feet and or doing a scrub. You know, we launched our um, Boom Boom Body Scrub and we gave people a booty, a, like an at-home booty exercise with bands. So you don't even need equipment if you can't get any or a lot of space in your if you live in a small apartment so it was just pivoting that conversation to what can you do at home that still makes you happy you know you can't be at home and be upset and just watch tv you still need to do um, it's so very important for people to do what they need to do to take care of themselves and that's that's what we did so whether it was um making them feel like they're on vacation with an amazing fragrance or, okay, let me take care of my boom boom. I'm going to do this booty exercise with these bands and I'm going to spend maybe a little bit more time in the bathroom because I have that extra time. So um, yeah, that's how we change the conversation. How has the conversation in terms of creating content changed? Because, you know, I know you guys are known for such beautiful imagery, like even though highly styled, it looks very playful, but you know, you can't do that now. So is it a lot of UGC? Is a lot of um, community photographs? What's that been like? Oh, that's, uh, that's the, where the term super creative comes in. <laughs> we've been yes. super creative. Um, I think we've done um, a number of things and I'm so proud of my creative team and the marketing team for pulling these off. Uh, so one of the, um, so one is our, you know, our, we, we do everything in house. So our photographer, uh, is using, um, his bathroom as his studio and, uh, using props there. And our art director is directing it through zoom. And the photographer's girlfriend is sometimes our model in the bathroom, <laughs> Um, and, uh, we've also used mirrors with a cam, um, with, uh, a beach waves, um, like a video playing on a computer screen is reflected in the mirror. So it feels like you're on the beach. And so there's an incredible amount of creativity that's going on, um, with the team. The other thing the marketing team has done really well with the creative team together is, there are influencers, uh, nano and micro influencers who are diehard loyalists of our brand. And we've worked with some of them where we ship them the props. So, for example, the yellow shower curtains to the flowers and yellow swimsuits. And, and so they shot the videos and photos on our behalf. And they were directed by art director by Zoom. So that's another example. Um, the third way we are being super creative is we have a lot of photos from our past photo shoots from Rio. So we always go once a year to Rio. This year, obviously, we couldn't. And every time we go there, we have not just hundreds of shots, but I mean, thousands of ten, tens of thousands of photos. So we comb through them. And... There are a lot of really amazing photos that we could still use today. It's, uh, you know, it's not so trendy. You know, we always use 
um, you know, models who are real people, and some of them are real people, um, and they're friends. And so they're really not trendy at all. Um, so yeah, so we're just we're being very creative with with all this, and the scrub was a great example of how we were able to launch a very successful product with just very limited resources. When you think about playing that forward, like, can you imagine a world where you are doing highfalutin shoots with models that are, you know, in the tens of thousands of budgets now that you know you can do this like this? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think um, there's both pros and cons. I mean, there's what what um, I think is very special um, for our team is, you know, we do everything ourselves and, you know, we will hire, you know, a production company down in Brazil to help us. But when you have people together physically on the beach and there's music and there, you know, there's our product and the fragrance and there's sand and water. I mean, there's a certain amount, certain energy that is, I think is beautiful and that you can't just recreate by doing one-off shots by Zoom. So I really hope that we can go back to doing that because that is really us. Um, you know, we're all about being in a part of community, being together in a group versus being alone or a single shot model um, photos. So I really hope we can go back to doing that. Yeah, I do too. You know, last year you all took on some funding and I'm wondering what that funding raise was about. Yeah. Was it for operational support or product support, all of the above? And then now in COVID-19, how are those resources being utilized in this environment? Sure. Um, so the the funding, we, we didn't need the investment um, and we were cash flow positive. But I see one of my primary pro- responsibilities as a CEO is to bring world-class talent and brains to the brand. And Prelude, in my perspective, really embodied that same philosophy. And I wanted to work with top players. And so I wanted them their skin in the game and um, you know people who are willing to roll up their sleeves to help us to nurture and grow this very special brand that we work very hard to grow, to build. So... Um, so that's, that was really the perspective. I mean, today, you know, we're debt free. We have, um, you know, no cash needs and it's, we're again, like we feel very, very blessed. And, and to me, again, it's about the talent and the experience Prelo brings to my team. Do you think that it's been harder maybe to hire in this environment or, you know, look at those roles that you maybe have once wanted to hire for, and now it may not make as much sense for the business given COVID? I think the first, like, you know, March, April, when there's so much uncertainty, I really didn't know where the world was going. But now the dust has settled a little bit and it's helped us declutter, um, to quote Marie Kondo, both Camilla and my <laughs> favorite idol. <laughs> Um, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah, I know. know We are. This um, decluttering and prioritizing uh, in this environment is quite appropriate, I think. So it's in the spirit of staying even more focused, because I do feel we have been very focused uh, with our brand and our distribution and product strategies. Um, I think the the people that we wanted to hire... um, 
are still the same. The roles haven't changed. So we continue to build our digital team. And I know that there are a few um, open positions that we're looking to fill. Um, and we had paused that during COVID, but now we are back. Um, so that strategy continues. Uh, events, um, obviously, we don't know events. So that group doesn't exist at the moment. But again, we hope to bring that back because that's very much part of our DNA and who we are. We put on great events. Um, you know, office is a quite an interesting topic that, you know, my team and I, we had a retreat a week ago up in Nowhere Land in Maine, and we talked about our, the future state of our office. What would that look like? Um, so, I mean, there are certain roles um, that will not exist because we may not have the traditional type of office setup that we did. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more flexibility on, on where you work from um, and how we meet together uh, physically, how we come together. And it doesn't have to be in the, quote, headquarter office anymore. Um, so we're, we are just really starting to flush that out. And I'm very excited. Like, it's a very exciting topic for, for my team. Um, and I do think that having that kind of open mind and creative approach to the future of what this company will look like um, is a great um, asset for attracting future talent. Um, so there's, um, yeah, so far, so far we haven't hit any bumps along the way. When you think about playing the rest of this year out, you know, we're six months, we have six months, months to go as well as, you know, a very, you know, uncertain 2021. So what is on deck for the brand? Uh, oh boy. It's hard to think like next week and now. <laughs> um, we, we do have um, a new product we're launching. Uh, a new fragrance in the fall, very very soon, I believe. And uh, and holiday is an incredibly important season for us. And the holiday is important for all retail, uh, but for us, it's become a um, a pillar of our brand, who we are, because it's the spirit of giving and celebrating and the festivities. Now. And, and every year, holiday, we, you know, we really sell out. And I guess Sephora, you know, we, we, the last year we were, you know, second biggest holiday brand there. And um, it's, it's done very, very well for us. Now, this year, I think the sentiment is quite different. So our gifts are very festive. Um, our gifts are never just about you know, green and red and silver bells. And it's it's about spirit of giving. So I think this year will be even more appropriate. And we um, we did pivot our communication a lot more towards sort of sensi- you know, being sensitive to people's sentiment um, going into this holiday. I mean, I get emotional talking about this holiday this year. Um, but it's, um, it's a really, uh, it's been a, um, a, a phenomenal year. I mean, I, I can't say anything beyond that. Um, so I just feel really blessed. When you think about being leaders at a company right now, I mean, it must be so challenging, right? You know, you're negotiating, you know, 
different needs every single day. And, you know, we're talking about a launch in the fall. And then we're also talking about holiday plans, which seems like, you know, are we ever even really going to get there? So from your perspective, like what's been the most important pieces of it to make sure that you guys have a sustainable business, not just next year, but in five years or in seven years? Oh, it's very clear. The answer is people. Um, it's my team and the talent that we have on the team and the spirit and the dedication and the work ethics and all at the same time having so much fun. So, um, you know, you asked me what we'll get through, what we'll get this company through the next three, five, ten years. It's it's my team. You know, I, they, I look forward to seeing them every day. Um, they are in incredibly dedicated and they all bring different um, talent experience and point of view to to the group and um, they really embody the spirit that we this brand really exists for and we're all very different I don't think uh, I mean even just looking at us like Camilla and me and Mark you know um, any I don't think anybody would have put the three of us together but we came together <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's what it is. I mean, I think from this COVID experience, what I tell my team is that we're coming out of this stronger than ever. I mean, this year we're, I mean, our original plan that we had pre COVID, I think we're going to actually meet that, um, which is a very aggressive plan. So, um, if we can get through this period, which we are, uh, right now, very well that we can really get through anything so it's quite a journey and i think we've created a special bond with each other during this phase that's such a positive way to end this conversation gila i mean i have to say talking to founders and ceos almost every day it's such a challenging environment whether you're talking about ppp loans or the stimulus plans or you know store closures and i think in beauty right now it's been really kind of heavy for such a positive and exciting and vibrant industry. And um, I think our listeners will really appreciate that. Oh, good. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. It was so wonderful having you. Well, thank you for having us, Priya. Yes, thank you, Priya. Thank you so much for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, that means if you haven't subscribed, please hit that button.